Hey, how long are we going to praise the name of the Lord? Forever. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. Praise the Lord. Thank you, guys. Whew. Seven hundred and forty is a crazy number, and um, it's a powerful number because seven hundred and forty years. Got that? That's a long time. Seven hundred and forty years before the birth of Jesus. The prophet Isaiah, Isaiah in Isaiah 7:14 wrote these words. The Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call his name Emmanuel. And I've got good news for you. That prophecy came true. That prophecy was fulfilled 740 years Later, Now, many years after that, the disciple who followed Jesus, whose name was Matthew, wrote in his gospel, in Matthew 1.22, he wrote about the birth of Jesus, and this is what he said. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet, 700 and at this time, probably 90, 790 to 800 years before that the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel. And he adds this, which means God with us. That's good news. So what it means, my friends, that we've been singing about this birth that comes and that we celebrate every year. We celebrate the coming of Christ as a baby, but what we celebrate is that God became man and dwelt among us. God with us. But here's the question that is plaguing all of us right now worldwide in the year 2020 as we come to a close in this year that some of us wish we could just put in the rearview mirror. Here's the question. Is God still with us? I think we have to answer that question. And then another question would be, are we, do we believe it? If the answer is yes, then do we believe it? And are we living like it? Are we responding to the world around us as though we believe that God is with us? So is God still working in our midst? Is the miracle-working God of the Old Testament still working miracles today? Is he still walking among his people? And is he working in and through his people? Is God still powerful? Or has his power somehow diminished over time? Is the mighty, powerful, miracle-working God of the Old Testament and the mighty, powerful, miracle Son of God in the New Testament, is his power diminished today? Is he like some kind of weaker form of his former self? 
Does it seem like it? Don't answer that one as fast. Is he still the powerful, miracle-working God that I've always read stories about, like when he parted the Red Sea for his people, the Red Sea? I mean, not the Red River, the Red Sea, where the million children of God crossed on dry ground in order to escape Pharaoh's army and certain death? Is he still the God who tumbled the walls of Jericho with just a shout from his people? Is he still the powerful God that shut the mouth of the lions in order to deliver his servant Daniel from the death of the lions in the lion den? Is he still the God who who stilled the raging seas with just a word from his mouth to rescue his disciples from certain death out there on the Sea of Galilee? Is he still with us like he was with the men and women of old? That's the question. Today, is he still with us today? Is he still with us like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Remember those dudes? You want to go there with me real quick? Let's go to Daniel chapter 3, okay? Daniel chapter 3 in your Bibles tells about the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And as you read the first part of Daniel, you understand that King Nebuchadnezzar and his army, and he was the king of the world at the time, taking over everything, had come and conquered Jerusalem and God's people Israel and taken them into captivity. And they're in their Babylonian captivity right now. And so all kinds of death and devastation of their city, and they had been taken captive and delivered hundreds of miles away to Babylon. And here Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, three young Hebrew men, and Daniel, are taken into the service of King Nebuchadnezzar to be slaves and to do whatever he wants. So they're captive, away from everything that they know to be dear to them. Their families probably killed um, during the takeover. So they're working for for Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar is like full of himself. Of course, I've never tried being king of the world, okay? So maybe I would be a little full of myself too if I was king of the world. But he was full of himself and he got this crazy idea to build this nine foot, nine foot tall, nine foot wide golden statue. And he said, here's the deal. I'm gonna play music and whenever the music is played, Everyone, the scripture tells us, everyone in the world, no matter who you are, no matter what your background, no matter what your race, everyone in the world must bow down to this and worship this image. Everybody's got to do it. And by the way, if you don't do it, I have a furnace that's all heated up for you, and you'll be thrown into the fiery furnace and go to your death. Well, in the story, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused. And they said, no, we will not. And of course, they were given positions in in Babylon, and so some of the other Babylonian officials saw and observed that they were not bowing down to the image, and so they went and told King Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar came to them and said, guys, listen, maybe you misunderstood. Maybe you think you're special because you're Jews, You're not special. And this decree went out to the entire world. And so I'm gonna give you one more chance. 
Okay, guys, you need to bow down and worship before this image. He says in verse 15 of Daniel 3, and if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And this is an amazing, arrogant attitude here and question, but he says, and then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? Okay, that's a crazy, stupid thing to say. Whenever you're dealing, when you're talking up against God's people, and I'm talking about almighty God. Who does he think he is? Well, he's the king of the world at the time, and he thought he was all powerful. And so he says, listen, guys, you don't want to go up against this. Just give in. And this is what they responded with in verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. There's some boldness. If we were thrown into the blazing furnace, lean into this with me, friends, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your Power, and I almost can hear sarcasm, your majesty. Oh, that the church of Jesus Christ today would have the boldness and the confidence in their God to be able to stand against whatever power is coming against us, whatever governance is coming against us, Whatever we're going to face in 2021 and be willing to say, no, we will not bow down to your system. We will not bow down to your will. We will not bow down to your power. We serve almighty God. And you can threaten us with whatever you want and you could do to us whatever you want. But we need you to understand that we serve almighty God and he will deliver us. And the reason the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could say that is because they remember the stories of the past and they had heard the stories of the past that were told about how God, how mighty God is and how powerful God is and how much he cares for his people and takes care of his people and so they could confidently stand before the king of the world and say, sorry king, we're not gonna do what you want because to do what you want means to, to disobey the God of our fathers who will be with us and will deliver us. And they say, this is how bold they are, though. They said, but even if he doesn't. <laughs> and that's a whole other sermon, okay, that you could talk about. Even when, when God doesn't do what we hope he does, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Now, it ticks the king off. He gets, he's furious. He gets so angry with them and that they're gonna stand up against him. That's how much he thought of himself that he said, okay, really, boys? Fire up the furnace seven times hotter. Hotter than what? Hotter than the fire that's going to burn them up? Yes. I don't wanna take time to figure out why he's doing that and speculate on why he's doing that. Maybe he's thinking God maybe be, he, maybe God is a little powerful. So certainly if we fire up the furnace seven times hotter, it'll be fine. So here's what happened, okay? They take, they bind them. He calls for these soldiers and he says, take these guys, bind them 
and take them and throw them into the furnace. And when they get to the furnace, because it was seven times hotter, when they opened the doors of the furnace or whatever it was that they had, I don't know what exactly that was, when they opened it up, the fire was so hot that it consumed and burned the soldiers. And so here's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who have just said, God will deliver us from your, your power. They're bound, and the soldiers are like crispy French fries next to them. They're falling over dead because they're getting cooked by the seven times hotter fire. And the scripture says that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell into the fire. Wouldn't that be a great movie? I mean, just show this part of the movie here, you know, and Nebuchadnezzar's looking on. And look at verse 24. Suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, hey, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Well, look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted. I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire, unharmed, and the fourth looks like a God, but what he didn't understand and what he didn't realize is that God Almighty is always with his people. And what he didn't know he was seeing, he said, I see a fourth person in there and they're walking around and they're unharmed by the fire. I don't know what that fourth, what he doesn't understand, he's seeing the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ being with his people and walking among them and saving them from certain death. You don't see these guys running around in a panic, all freaked out, worried. I'm staying home. He's threatening us with the furnace. I'm staying home. I'm not going to do it. You don't see him doing that. You don't see him running around like, where is God? We're doomed. Now, they're just standing there bound. They have so much confidence that God's going to deliver them. They're just standing there. But even if he doesn't, it doesn't matter. We serve God. He'll, he's, he'll figure it out. People who have almighty God as their father don't freak out in the face of the furnace. They walk through the fire knowing that Emmanuel means God is with us. Some have said God does some of his best work in the furnace. <laughs> I understand that and I agree with that and there are scripture passages everywhere that will prove that. And I just wanna say that 2020 has really tested us. The furnace has been turned up but the good news is, my friends, God is with us. He hasn't abandoned us in the middle of this. Quite the contrary, he's still moving in our midst. He's still working in the hearts of people and changing our hearts and bringing people to salvation. He's still caring for his children. We, the church, we, the local church, a First Baptist church here in Bristol, Indiana, we're still standing, we're still meeting, we're still growing, we're still worshiping, we're still walking in tune with the Lord, and we're still working for him. And God's doing amazing things in our midst. And I know this isn't typical for a Sunday morning, but I think it's appropriate for me to spend just a few minutes uh, spotlighting God's power, shining the spotlight on what the Lord is doing, showcasing his presence among his people in the midst of a global shutdown.
in a year that has been like no other. Because it's important for us to, to see that God is still with us. We have the, we have the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in order to help us understand that when the fire is turned up in our world, God is still going to be with us. They have the stories of their forefathers. And I think it's important for us to tell the story of what God has done in the year 2020. And I don't have time to take you. I'm gonna have a hard enough time just racing to the end here. But I'm gonna give you just a little taste of what God has been doing. We started live streaming our worship experience on March the 15th. Can you believe that? That's a, that seemed like forever ago. It was a long time ago. And we did it with, with less than a week's notice. Um, if it weren't for me, we would have had live streaming. I was, like the, I was the one who was like, I don't want to be live on TV. I, I don't trust myself like that. I, 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 I'd rather be able to edit everything, you know, like take this out and this out, this out, and now put that out there so people can see. And live streaming is just like, you're out there for everybody. Um, and that's pretty intimidating, but we, the, our guys did an amazing job. They just jumped on it and they put together our live streaming and um, they've been working on the quality of that to produce a, a good quality thing. Um, and we now have done over 40 weeks of quality live streaming reaching an average of 675 devices online per week for the last 40 weeks. Now, why do I tell you that? I, I tell you that to, to help you understand that we look at these things and say, oh man, what a pain. What a, what, what, but what's happening is we, our reach has extended because of the pandemic and because it forced us to go to live streaming, we are now reaching out like we've never reached out before and we're having an outreach to the world right now because of live streaming. People in 11 different countries are watching us right now. Welcome, friends. And we're able to minister to them around the world because this is what God does in the midst of these kinds of things. God says, okay, well, watch this. I'm gonna, not, I'm gonna use you bigger than you ever dreamed I would use you. You remember Alicia Ramey from uh, the Faroe Islands I told you the story about several months ago? This is the girl that's trapped on this island up by Iceland in the Norwegian Sea. She, she went there to go to school, but then the pandemic shut everything down and she lives in El Salvador and they wouldn't let her get, get home. They wouldn't let her out of the, off the island. And so she was stuck there and she says, there's no place to go to church here that nobody speaks English here. And I can't find an English or a Spanish church. And so I started online with you guys and now you're my church. And she reached out to me in, a, in an email. We've been talking back and forth and Laura and, and, and she had been talking and she said, you know what? You're my church now, but I don't know how to serve. Can I serve some way? Do you know what Alicia's doing right now? Alicia is part of our prayer team ministry, our online prayer team ministry. And over there, she has been for all these weeks, she has been ministering to people while our services are going on online. How awesome is that? Now she praised the Lord. She just sent me a, 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 an email last week. She's back home. They let her go home to El Salvador. And she said, hey, but don't worry. FBC's still my church and I'm still serving over here and I'm in El Salvador. But pray for us over here in El Salvador. This is the reach that God has given to us. I have to tell you this news. It, it is just uh, so, it was so encouraging. And you do know that 
there are needs, right? We always have needs, and, and God's not worried about our needs. He has plenty of money, and he knows where to get it when he needs it to take care of his church, right? And um, so we, we're on this online thing, and because 30% of our people are still at home, we've decided we've got to continue the quality and in order to get the quality, we have to have the cameras up here. And you know, a couple, several weeks ago, I told you about that. I said, you know, some of you are asking, like, when do we get these cameras out of our face? <laughs> you know, so that we don't have to sit around and see these cameras up here. And we said, well, we've got to keep going like this because the quality will just drop drastically if we move them back. And we did our study, and we need $150,000 to get the upgrade to the cameras, which I know is a crazy number. But welcome to the world of technology today. And to do all of our infrastructure and everything we need to do, we need 150. And the elders and deacons just decided now in this uncertainty, we don't think that's a good idea. We have that much money in the bank to, to spend to do it, but we can put up with this a little while longer. And I made that comment, well, there's been a family in our church that because of their health issues and their age, they have had to stay home. And um, they haven't been able to come back since we've been live services because it just wouldn't be wise for them with their health. And they so appreciate the quality and the job that we do online that they wrote in two weeks ago and they said, listen, we just appreciate it so much and God has blessed our family this year, so we're sending the church a check for $200,000. And we want you to buy the cameras and buy all the, do all the infrastructure and put all that in that you need to do so that you can keep the live stream going. We appreciate it so much. And then please take 10,000 of it and put it on the season of generosity and then do the rest, whatever you think is best with the $30,000. And so the deacons and elders thought through that and we were praising the Lord and these people have an incredible heart for outreach. And so we said, how about we take that $30,000 and just give it to our missionaries as an end of the year gift? How would that be? And um, they were like, let's go for it. And so here's the deal. That family gave the $200,000. It's going to help take care of this camera situation. But every single dollar of that $200,000 is going to global impact. Through the cameras that are global now and our outreach to the world, literally now, to the season of generosity, which is helping globally, and to the missionary blessing that we're going to be able to give to the missionary. Let's just praise the Lord for that right now, okay? Just praise the Lord for how he does. <clears throat> we, spent, we spent 18 weeks worshiping from our couches. Some of you are like, I know it was awesome. That's not okay, all right? <laughs> but we spent, that's crazy, and we were like, never, ever are we ever going to see that in the church of Jesus. Well, we did. 18 weeks worshiping from our couches, but I want you to understand that though we had to do that for a time, during the 18 weeks, 37 people raised their hands online and said, I am accepting Christ as my savior for the first time during the shutdown, people were coming to Jesus. Okay, now that's something to praise the Lord about. That's what we're all about. And what I'm saying, my friends, is you can shut things down. Man can shut things down. Viruses can shut things down. World events can shut things down, but you can never shut God down. You can never shut him off, and you can never stunt his power because God is with us all the time. Praise the Lord for that. 
<laughs> I love it. Okay, now I gotta, I'm so in trouble with, with all of this, but let me, don't, let me just roll, because some, some people have been asking, and everywhere I go, when I'm talking to pastors, they always ask this question, how's your attendance and how's your giving? Because you know that if the giving stops, if people stop giving to the church, you really have a hard time doing ministry. And so that's, a, that's been a concern, and some churches aren't making it right now, and we gotta pray for them, and pray for God's people to be faithful. And so many have asked, how's our, how's our giving going during all of this time and this, this struggle? And I have a graphic that I wanna show you what's been happening in our giving. So the first 10 weeks of the year, January 5th through March the 8th, our average giving was $36,151. Now what you need to know is that we have a $42,000 nut to crack in order to maintain our, our budget that we have set upon that kind of giving. So the 42,000 is what our weekly need. So you were giving an average of $36,151 for the first 10 weeks. The next 18 weeks was the shutdown and you actually gave $100 more a week during the 18 week shutdown at 36,274. But look, the next 22 weeks, once we started back at services, look at your faithfulness. July 19th through December 13th, last Sunday, you've been averaging $45,794 a Sunday and so overall, over the 50 weeks, our average giving has been 40437 in the middle of one of the worst years of our lives as a church. And I praise the Lord for that. Now, it's still not the $42,000. But I wanna just thank you for your faithfulness and your generosity to the Lord. I know some of you have lost your jobs. Many of you. Many of you have changed your jobs. Many of you have lost comp your companies and you're really struggling, but you have continued to be faithful in your giving to the Lord and the Lord will reward his people. We're still $79,000 behind our planned giving, but because we haven't done some things, we're gonna end the year in the black, we're gonna end the year well, um, and we just need to praise the Lord for that. It was a crazy year. It was what we are calling the year of plan, wait, hope, and cancel. That's how it feels. I mean, we canceled Easter for heaven's sake. Who, who cancels Easter? You can't cancel Easter. Now, we can't cancel Easter, but we couldn't have Easter services here. Even the President of the United States said, we're going to have Easter Sunday. No, we didn't get to have Easter Sunday like we normally do. We canceled Mother's Day, Father's Day, our annual summer bash, which really disappointed me. We were bringing back the mechanical bull this year. I was working out, I was ready for that, baby. We canceled kids camp, we canceled youth wilderness. Many of us were looking forward to the Guy Penrod concert, we had to cancel that. We had planned for October and a 19 church area-wide love and respect marriage conference we were gonna host here. Super excited about that, we had to cancel that. We are rescheduling that for 21, Lord willing. One of our greatest outreach events that we have is Trunk or Treat. That sounds silly, but it is one of the greatest outreach events that we, that we have in getting our face out in the community and serving our community. We had to cancel snow camp for the teens, and we had to cancel tonight's annual Christmas party, and I'm not happy about that. I love our annual Christmas party. Are you sad? Say it. Yes. I am. But here's where I have to do a commercial break, okay? You okay with me taking a commercial break? 
All right, you can go get a donut if you're not a member of the church. If you're a member of the church, this is a commercial break for the members, okay, that are voting members of the church. Um, on our annual Christmas party night is our annual December business meeting. And by constitution, we have to approve the budget for 2021 at that meeting, approve the Elkhart Christian Academy budget. We have to affirm new people to both the deacon council of the church and the school board. And we need to affirm the list of active lay elders to the elder council. That has to happen in our December meeting. We always do that at Christmas party because you'll come to a Christmas party, but you won't come to just a business meeting. So we always plan a party around it, okay? And so because of all that's going on and all the cancellation, the deacons and elders have decided that this year we will be doing an online approach to this approval process. Now this is an experiment, we've not done this, we've done one vote online, it actually brought in 150 more votes than we normally have at a business meeting. Which, so that was wildly successful. But we're gonna do this online approach and this is how it's gonna work. So if you're a member of the church, you're going, next, tomorrow, this is what's gonna happen. Um, you're going to receive an information email. Now in that email, you're gonna find the ballots and you're gonna find the, the, the budgets and all the information so that you can be informed about what you're voting on, okay? And um, Actually, today, you can pick up physical copies of that if you want a physical copy right now, but in your email tomorrow, you'll be getting a, a link to be able to go online and see all that online, but you can go to the connection point and get that now, or if you do not have an email and you're a member of the church and you don't have an email address, you can go to, to the connection point and get that. Um, so then we need time to be able to ask questions so that you can be informed in your voting. So um, the 21st through the 23rd, which is Monday through Wednesday, you'll have an opportunity to either call in the church. There'll be a link for you to email in your questions. We will be responding to those questions over the next three days so that you can be informed. And then on the 23rd, we're sending out the ballot to those of you who are members by email. And you'll have from the 23rd to the 31st um, to vote through these things and affirm all these different things that we would normally do at our meeting tonight. Totally clear on that? Right. It will be in your email tomorrow, okay? So that's all I'm going to say about that, and we'll see how this experiment goes to, go, to keep the business moving forward. Now listen, in spite of all the shutdown, volunteerism and family care, family care of the, of the church has not um, diminished or been affected. We had over 150 people serve at the officer appreciation event in September, um, or actually in October, which was in the middle of a spike. Um, we've had 200, over 250 of you volunteer during the season of generosity. We're fully staffed to be able to have children's ministry, and we really appreciate your willingness to serve in that way. Um, and are you ready for this? We have seen a record number of new, new guests coming to church since we began meeting in person again in July. And in less than six months, we've had more than 100 registered first-time guests in our building, and over 35% of those have chosen to make First Baptist Church their church family. And how awesome is that, that they're willing to come and be part of what's happening here. During that time, we've also welcomed in 29 new people to partner with us in ministry. And um, we're excited about that, and we need to vote four new members in right now. And so um, we already have a motion on the floor and a second um, in the first service to welcome to our membership Ken and Cindy Nichols. 
Pam Penninger and Brad Schwartz, and you should have gotten a, a, um, a handout on that coming in this morning. So all in favor of bringing these four people into our church membership, please give me a hearty yes. Yes, and you don't get to vote no on these. So welcome to the church, people. Welcome to membership, Ken and Cindy, Pam and Brad. Now let me just wrap it up, okay? Let's bring it to a close here. The church is coming um, under fire. And I know this is hard to hear, but it's only the beginning, my friends. Um, 2020 is going away. How could anything be worse than 2020? Is it possible that 21 can be worse than 20? It is. In fact, it might be probable. I don't want to depress you. It's Christmas. But 2020 might have just been a test, a little warm-up to what's coming our way for the church of Jesus Christ. Do you really think that all this fuss is really about a virus and keeping everybody healthy? Do you really think it's all about that? Do you really think it's all about who's gonna be the next president of the United States? It's not, my friends. These are real things. These are things that concern us. These are things we have to live with and live through and outlive. But I just want to tell you that the furnace of the end of all time is being turned up on the world stage and on the church of Jesus Christ. And it's possible that 21, Satan turns and says, hey, demons, turn up the furnace seven times hotter because it hasn't been hot enough for the church of Jesus Christ. They're still trusting in their God. What do you say, folks? Are we going to trust him when it's turned up seven times hotter? Yes, we are. And he will help us. We don't need to be afraid. And we don't need to be worried because God is with us. The God who promised his children way back the children of Israel, that he would never leave them and never forsake them is the same God who reminds his church. In Hebrews 13, 5, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. We say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled and don't be afraid. I will send you the Holy Spirit. He will be your counselor. And in John 14, 16, he said, and he will be with you how long? Forever. In verse 20 of that same chapter, he said, I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. My friends, you have the great I am in you. He is here. He is with us. He always will be with us. He always has been with us. He has never left us, and he's not going to start now. In fact, I want to tell you that from the very beginning of time, Jesus has always been with us. All the way back in Genesis, Jesus Christ, you will find, is the breath of life. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's our high priest. 
in the book of Numbers. He's the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night who leads his people. In the book of Deuteronomy, he's Moses' voice. In Joshua, he's the captain of our salvation. And in Judges, he's the lawgiver. In Ruth, he's the kinsman redeemer. In First and Second Samuel, he's our trusted prophet. In Kings and Chronicles, he is the reigning king. In Ezra and Nehemiah, he's the rebuilder of broken walls and broken lives. In Esther, he is Mordecai's courage. In Job, he's the ever-living redeemer. And in the book of Psalms, we all know that he is the good shepherd. In Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, he's our wisdom. In the Song of Solomon, he's the loving bridegroom. In Isaiah, he's the Prince of Peace. In Jeremiah, he's the weeping prophet. In Lamentations, he's the cry for Israel. In Ezekiel, he's the call from sin. In Daniel, he's the fourth man in the fire. In Hosea, he is forever faithful. And in Joel, he's the Spirit's power. In Amos, he's the arms that carry our burdens. In Obadiah, he's the Lord, our Savior. In Jonah, he's the great missionary. And in Micah, he's the promise of peace. In Nahum, he's our strength and our shield. In Habakkuk and Zephaniah, he is pleading for the revival of his people. Sounds like today. In Haggai, he restores the lost heritage. In Zechariah, he is our fountain. In Malachi, he's the son of righteousness rising with healing in his wings. And we come to Matthew in the New Testament. In Matthew, Jesus Christ is the king of the Jews. In Mark, he is your servant. In Luke, he is the son of man feeling what you and I feel. And in John, he is the son of God. In the book of Acts, he's the savior of the world. In Romans, he's the righteousness of God. In Corinthians, he's the power of love. In Galatians, he's our freedom from the curse of sin. In Ephesians, he's our glorious treasure. In Philippians, he is our joy. And in Colossians, he's our completeness. In 1 Thessalonians, he's our hope. In 1 Timothy, he's your faith. In 2 Timothy, he's your stability. In Titus, he is truth. In Philemon, he's our mediator and our faithful pastor. And in Hebrews, he's the everlasting covenant. In James, he's the one who heals the sick. And in 1 Peter, he's our example. In 2 Peter, he's our purity. In 1 John, he's your life. In 2 John, he's your pattern. And in 3 John, he's your motivation. And in Jude, he's the foundation of our faith. And listen closely, my brothers and sisters. In the book of Revelation, he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He's the creator of all. He's the keeper of creation. He's the architect of the universe. He's the manager of all time. He always was, always is, and always will be unmoved, unchanged, undefeated, and never undone. He was bruised and he brought healing. 
He was persecuted and he brought freedom. He was dead and he brought life. He was risen and brought freedom and he brought power with that resurrection. He forever reigns and brings peace. He is the Prince of Peace, the Son of Man, the Lamb of God, the Great I Am. He is my Redeemer. He is my Savior. He is my guide. He is my peace. He is my joy. He is my comfort. He is my God and he is our Savior. He is Jesus Christ the Lord. And when time is no more, he is and always will be Emmanuel. Say it with me. God with us. Come on, everybody. Lift your voice and praise to him. Come on.
The Bible tells us that when he came into the earth, came to us, he came to be with us, but he came, the Bible says, to bring light into the world. He is the light that comes into the darkness to dispel the darkness. And what he does for us is when he makes us his children, when he came like we talked about last week, he came and sought us and called us. And when we believed, he planted in us his light. Not so that we could be stingy with it, but so that we can let it shine. In fact, Jesus, when he was teaching on this, he goes, nobody takes a light and a candle and like hides it. You don't put something over it You certainly don't want to let Satan blow it out. Remember that little song? No, it's, I'm going to let my light shine for Jesus. And the way we do that is we, we don't be stingy with the light. We let the light shine in the way that we live. That's what the season of generosity thing's all about. Letting our light shine and give us platforms to share the gospel. And so, What our job is, is to take the light and share it. Now, don't be stingy, Brian. Share the light. Pass it on. That's a good good way to say it. Let the light, it's not just the pastor's job to shine light. It's actually every individual Christian, it's their job to go find somebody who's in darkness and say, Mike, I have something special that God gave me, and it's in the form of his son, Jesus Christ, and he loved me, and he saved me from my sins, and I want to share that with you. I receive that. And then you're so excited, right? You're so excited about your new walk with God that you're going to share it. Come on. Pass it on. Now, I've only lit, I've lit, <laughs> I've only lit about five candles, but look what's happening. Look all around you. This is the church of Jesus Christ, my friends. You don't get the light and then sit on the light. You get the light and you share the light. And as we share, just one person sharing with another person, the light spreads into a dark world that is desperately in need of light, the light and life of Jesus Christ. It goes out everywhere. Because God is blessing us here at the church, we're actually, our reach is going out into the world. The gospel of Jesus Christ is being spread throughout the world. People are coming to Jesus in other parts of the world because of the reach that God is giving to us. Praise the Lord. That's awesome. But we do this because it's so incredibly illustrative of of what, look, just look around, look around right now and look at what just people sharing their light with the person next to them does. This is what our world needs right here. We take the goodness of God and we share it with somebody else. And this is what the world begins to look like if we, God's people, 
aren't stingy with his presence in our lives. He's got a lot of work to do. And until Jesus returns, this is free. It's a free gift. People could come to Jesus right now. It's a powerful, the big responsibility. What we're going to do now, we're, just, we're going to blow them out. This is, we've, we've looked at the symbolism now. We don't want to burn somebody's hair up now. So we're going to blow them out, but we're going to continue to sing as we focus on all that the Lord is doing. Come on. All my life you have been faithful. Is it true? Every voice, come on. All my life you have been so, so seconds for those of you who are online um, because we can't help the click off time so um, God bless you and Merry Christmas to you but I want to give you um, the final number you ready for the final number 
All right, well, praise the Lord. Um, we started with 136 at the beginning of this service. You guys gave $19,945. So the total number, $156,739. Praise the Lord. Come on. Come on, lift it up and praise the Lord. Thank you, sister. Praise the Lord, you guys. I'm just, I don't even know. I don't even have the words. I just, I'm so thankful for the goodness of God and your faithfulness to the Lord. God blesses generosity. He does. And he blesses, I believe he blesses a church who wants to reach out into their community and reach out to the world. And so we thank the Lord for that. All right, we're done, right? Um, God bless you. From all of us and our family and all of us up here um, to all of you and your family, I pray that you'll have a very Merry Christmas. Happy coming in of a new year. I'm excited about what God is going to do. So let's go out in the love and joy and presence of Almighty God, Emmanuel. God bless you. You are loved. Your goodness is running after It's running after me. service online today. Our prayer is that the worship and the teaching has left an impression on your heart and that God will use it to inspire you to love God, love people, and penetrate our world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you made a spiritual decision today or if you need prayer, you can let us know by clicking the link to our online connection card. And then if you haven't yet taken advantage of it, you can download our church app where we have all of our announcements and opportunities and you can also use it to share this week's message with a friend. And then you can also check out our website, fbclcart.org, to stay connected with us that way as well. God bless. Have a great week, and we'll see you here again next week.